0: Let's get some more commentary on this, and someone who's been to plenty of uh, political conferences over the years, former leader of United Future, and these days political commentator Peter Dunn. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We are well. We are well. Yeah, good. good,
1: thanks, Peter. Do you um, do you think this has been a good conference for the Nat? A Nat's a nice little circuit breaker after a couple of tricky little stories last well, week or
2: so. There haven't been any great controversies emerging from, so that's a good thing. I think it does allow him you know, to stabilise the ship a little bit. Uh, and they needed that after the last couple of weeks desperately.
1: So, what do you, where do you make of um, the the policy announcement that came out about the beneficiaries? Is it, it there been some criticisms that you know that we've got much bigger problems to deal with? But of course, it's more than a year to the election, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with those criticisms. I, th- I thought Luxon's speech hit the right notes in terms of setting the big picture and his criticisms of Labor. But then having sort of been on the grand canvas, he got to the very specific with the welfare announcement and it just didn't seem to fit the, the occasion as far as I was concerned. I can understand that it might play well with National Party supporters who were there, but I would have thought when he's setting the big picture scene, the big announcement should have been one that matched that a very specific one like the welfare policy.
0: How often, Peter, in your time in politics, do you think politicians are guilty of coming up with new ideas for things unaware that there are already programs that are working and they probably just need more funding.
2: I think that's true. I think they, they, they either need more funding or a little bit of tweaking. I think both parties and both major parties are guilty of assuming that their predecessors were doing nothing and knew nothing and that only they have the others. And I mean, that's been the big problem with the current government. A lot of work that was underway was simply dropped because, as far as Labour was concerned, nothing was happening. And as a consequence, you would go about reinventing the wheel. And I think there are elements of that in Luxon's announcement. As I say, I would have thought a bigger picture, grand vision uh, that matched the rhetoric would have been more in order.
1: Do you think that in a way that policy like this, you know, a lot of callers and conversations, people like the idea that you've got to have a bit of yin and yang, so a bit of carrot and stick. Do you Hmm. think that there's something that will actually resonate with voters on this?
2: I think, I think it's two things. People quite like the idea, as you say, that they think the incentives and the, and the sanctions is a good balance, but it's not an election-winning policy. To, to break through and get those people crossing the line to vote for national, they've got to offer a much better vision about what New Zealand would be like under their leadership. Now, I think Luxon touched on elements of that in his speech today. It's just a pity he didn't develop that further in terms of a specific policy, because what you get the impression of is a national party that says all the right things, mm. but in government would still do the same things that it did
1: before. Um, I, as a sort of putting my lay person's hat on, which I might be on all the time to be to be honest, um, I always have always found party political conferences. Um, no matter what your politics are, um, and with the exception of probably yours, Peter, which I might have got excited about, possibly. Uh, <laughs> You're a big a, fan a, of those. But a great snooze fest. I, I just think that the average punter and the average voter, it doesn't really. They see uh, Luxon doing the the usual vox pops and going out and meeting people and kissing a couple of babies, and they hear a hear a speech or two, and then they go, well, you know, what's for dinner? <laughs>
2: Does this
1: really really resonate with the average Kiwi? No,
2: and the nature of conferences has changed over the years. When I first went into politics, party conferences were about five days long and there were discussions all held in public on remits and policy. There'd be good fights and debates and arguments. All of that's gone now. It's much more stage managed and they're really an opportunity to rev up party troops, to get them on side and working and fired up. And what you, what you sort of cynically try and do is get a couple of policy announcements out there as well to keep the media happy. Yeah. This, this conference has followed all of that pattern. But I just think given the platform, there was an opportunity for a much bigger announcement than the one that actually came forward.
0: There were two columns, at least two columns during the week. Uh, the ones I'm referring to, one on the right from Matthew Hoot and one on the left from to Poe, both saying that Luxon has been a false alarm as a leader and that maybe it should have been Nicola Willis. Uh, what do you make of that criticism?
2: Well, I think Nicola Willis has shone as the deputy leader and as the finance spokesman. Uh, whether she's up to the leadership at this stage, I'm not 100% certain. I think like certainly had a bad few weeks. Uh, he's lost the momentum that he had. He's got to desperately recapture it. I don't think, however, his position is anywhere near terminal. Bear in mind, it's oppositions don't win elections. Governments lose them. And the government's not had a very good few weeks either. So putting a, putting the two things alongside each other... He's got to up his game, but it's by no means um, all over for him. He's still in with a very strong chance of being the next Prime Minister.
0: He strikes me as someone who is not phased by a lack of detailed knowledge on topics. So that that when he has a gaffe where he's exposed as not knowing something, I don't get the sense that he's then going away to swat up on it. He, He seems quite unperturbed. What's your impression?
2: Well, he's a bit like Sir John Key in that respect, but the difference was that Key was in government and had a team of ministers around him who could get the detailed information out there for officials and from their own sources very quickly. Because he's in opposition, Watson doesn't have that, so it does look a little all like sixes and sevens. Were they to be a government, I suspect the problem wouldn't be as pronounced. He would be able to sort of guide over the office chairman of the board. But in opposition, he's got to be much more on top of the detail, and he's got to be much more able to answer some of the tricky questions and he's proved to be today. And
1: I guess that just reemphasizes the whole point of the conference. It's about getting the team and the internal sort of mechanics of the National Party revved up and ready to go. And then, I mean, they're not going to unveil any major policy that Labour can pinch, are they?
2: No, that's right. And next year's conference is probably the opportunity for that. And bear in mind, National's had a shocking few years for five leaders <laughs> in five years. So this is really the opportunity for them to sort of... Uh, you know, get their own house in order, get the troops feeling that we've finally got a team that we can get in behind. We've got a, a view of the world that, that's coherent and we can go out there and sell that message. And if that's what comes out of this conference, they'll regard that as a success rather than the policies received. Uh, but you know, given where they've been, it's been a, it's, it's, this, this conference compared to last year has been a lot of ground shifted. And uh, I think the proof of that will come over the next few months.
0: Peter, did you watch John Key on Q&A this morning? Because I did laugh when he No, I I missed it. I I was going to, but I missed it. I mean, there's some good stuff, and we'll we'll play some of it about China and Pelosi a little bit later in the hour. Um, But I did laugh when, when Jack Tame asked him what he'd rate Luxon's performance as leader of the opposition out of 10, and Key said 10. And like, so flawless, there's, there's nothing that could be improved upon. Yeah,
1: um, well, he did qualify it by pointing out that he's taken them from where they were in the post to where they are now, which has to give him a 10. So that was. Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> was
2: I'm, I'm reminded of the old Mandy Rice Davies line, he would say that, wouldn't he? Um, but I, you know, I, think, I think Luxon's done far better than uh, people might have expected, but he's still got quite a way to go. Um, now, what he got to hope for. Mm. is that he can continue to make up a bit of ground, but also that the government will continue to stumble because at the end of the day, it'll be the government that will lose the election, not the opposition that will win it.
0: Peter Dunn, how many days until daylight saving?
2: Oh, oh you were going to ask me that. I knew that. It's something like about 49, I think, seven yeah. weeks today. Oh. oh, seven weeks today. At all? There we go. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: See, that's a, that's a bit of hope. Uh, to get yeah. us to spring. Um, very good. Well, a, a pleasure as always. Thank you for being on the program. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. and We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Arshel. Oh,
2: all the best to you too. Cheers.